to another episode. I'm here with, with Mike. Hello. Hey, Joey. And Tom. Hi, Joey. And Ross. Greetings. And uh, today I wanted to talk about some of the ways in which we as practitioners limit what children can do with their bodies and things that you just, with a little bit of introspection, you can kind of take a step back and, and hopefully allow some more uh, movement to happen in your classroom. And I got to explain my thinking a little bit as usual, but um, thinking back to Tom talking many episodes ago about that time that he worked in the program and he would play the piano and the kids would just run and run and run and dance and run. And it was just pure joy, just pure exuberance and not all big body play maybe looks like that, but at the heart, a lot of it is just about being joyful or even just so joyful that you have to move because you're wiggling because you're happy or whatever it might be. If you can look for those moments, you might be able to allow it a little bit more. And for whatever reason, you might be tired or it might be stressful. I think classrooms can be loud. You're, you know, as teachers, I admit to, you know, you stop things without knowing what really is going on. You just, you just shut it down mm-hmm. um, without paying enough attention because in the moment it just seems like too much for whatever reason. But if you can stop and look for what's really happening here, is, is this a joyful moment? That's kind of not, you know, not people saying, oh, but you can't do that at my school or my program doesn't allow it, those kinds of things, but just in your daily life of the classroom, things that kids do that for whatever reason we stop them yeah. from doing and trying to have a little bit of a, of a mind shift. So like I had a guy who, <laughs> when we came in from outside, it's kind of a long aisle towards their cubbies and his way to enter the classroom from coming in from outside was he would take a, a you know, a running start and then he would just slide on his knees across the linoleum oh, yeah. floor mm-hmm. and pretty full speed. And at first, my, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, that to me, it looks like it hurts, yeah. right? Yep. You might crash into somebody. I don't know. There's a whole list of things that, that would make you say, that's not how you walk in the classroom, right? But I t- was able to take a tiny step back and it was just really fun for him. And it was just uh, extra like, oh, that was so great outside. I'm feeling so happy. And now this is how I enter a space. Probably also really likes to crash his body a little bit and that's okay. He was do- mm-hmm. He was actually doing it in a way that nobody was getting hurt, yep. including himself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a small example of the time that like, my instinct, I think, would be like, so what I are was, you doing? Yeah, I, I, I was just at the uh, science museum with my two grandchildren, and they were running. Uh-huh. And my first instinct is to say, oh, we don't run in the science museum. Uh-huh. But I stepped back, and I saw they, they were actually being very careful about how they were running. They weren't running into anybody. Uh-huh. And there was enough room for them to run. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, right. kind of right. the same thing. Right. And there's times that I, you know, uh, we have a lobby area at my school, which is very crowded a lot of the time, and kids do run in there a lot, and it's actually a terrible place to run because they can't see around all the corners, and they, yep. I do stop them. Yeah. So it's not that anything, I don't mean anything goes, it's just sort of when you can, like you just said, like take a step back and say, well, what's what's really happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, uh, and another thing I was thinking about was, you know, I, I think, speaking for myself, sometimes... Oh, that's going to get really loud. You know, it's when something's starting. You have the moment mm-hmm. that you get to decide if you're going to just like shut it down right then and there or let something keep going. And so, right? And these are the little the little internal voice. Oh, that's going to get really loud. You got to yeah. Okay, is that going to definitely the, have Is yeah. that the sound of joy? What am I shutting down? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, I've I've maybe self-proclaimed uh, amongst our staff is the teacher who has the highest tolerance mm-hmm. for noise. Mm-hmm. And it always feels like we're always 10 or 20 decibels higher than the rest of the 
the school maybe but, you know just <laughs> right because it always seems like we're but it's i i help because working at the lab school i have my student teachers yep. who are going off in the world to be teachers as well and so i kind of try to help them recognize that i'm not doing it with you know it's not willy-nilly right. it's not because it's not it's just, anything goes and because for me i also don't have you know degraded hearing i can hear what's going <laughs> on but it's deciphering that difference between productive noise uh-huh. and just disruptive I'm so excited. I don't know where to put all this right. energy. Mm-hmm. And it this was all last week was just, <laughs> that's two weeks now, I <laughs> Spring think. Spring fever. Spring fever. Coming back. No, we came back and we've got our new student teachers from spring break. And so they're just getting adjusted in the room. Previous, we had started these clubhouses in the back of the room. Coming back from break, the children were so really So the kids excited. are the same. Kids are the same, but our student, student teachers, teachers have just transferred. Right. So we have the three new student teachers right. who are trying to get to know the children. Children have been together for 20 weeks. Right. They're ready to go. Right. Yeah. Building clubhouses, carrying the story from the Before previous break. session. And it's exciting. I mean, it's a, it's a big hollow block structure in the back. And now, upon returning, bad guys are showing up. Oh, yeah. So we're going to need to fight them. And I had come back from, you know, helping kids come in in the morning. And I walked into about a half dozen, maybe even almost 10 children in the back, flailing with karate moves and, you know, pretend fighting, but not at each other, all independently fighting off the imaginary bad guys. And I think you could, you walk in, you go, okay, where am I, where's my comfort level? I think that's an example where Mm -hmm. I can draw the line and say, oh, I'm worried somebody's going to get hit. I'm going to, somebody's going to get hurt. But kind of like you said, Tom, is like I, I step back and go, they're really paying attention to each other. Mm-hmm. And so we let it happen. And then I could see, you know what? Hang on, I got something. And I have a few movie soundtracks in our CD uh-huh. stack, Braveheart <laughs> being one of them. <laughs> Perfect. And that's one where the, the, the music is so compelling. Uh-huh. It tells the story just through right. the instruments. And the, I said, so can you tell the bad guys or when the bad guys are coming? I think you'll be able to know. And they could hear the drums. The drums! That means the bad guys are... And the next two weeks were carried out. Can we have another battle? Can we have mm-hmm. another battle? And the parents on the curb were like, so what are these battles? Mm-hmm. So the music on? is also helping them kind of ebb and flow into place. So it's not just constant high energy, exactly. kind of and slap that was, happy. And that was my way to go at it. Like mm-hmm. we can, this, The music will actually help tell the story because there's the natural build, build, build crescendo right. and it drops... Right to you right. know this soft so, kind of oh, oh so as a teacher you're saying two hours and 45 minutes three hours five hours of constantly flailing and yeah. shouting at bad guys doesn't sound like the ideal but yeah. a little bit of peaks and valleys exactly is... and and this was something that letting them go knowing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. how this group has gone if we let it be a free fall then that's where it continues to build 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 mm-hmm. but this had that natural yep. right, ebb yep. and flow of the energy and it actually became far more productive and it's continued for two straight weeks because mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. and you're following mm-hmm. their interests because the exactly. other the word you used there was disruption of you know being worried like teachers are often worried i want to shut this down because i don't want them to disrupt play right other people in the classroom yeah but it's like but by doing that you are disrupting this <laughs> child's play and you know people often like talk about like battles and sort of bad guy play and all that will often they'll often talk about Oh, they do the same thing over and over, but it's like, well, if you never let them settle into that play, right? You're you're stopping them each time. They're always going to start up with that same. Yeah. This is how it starts, and they never get to make it a deeper play, whatever right. mature play. Right. 
that's another place you have to look at what that kid is doing. Let's say they're running and are they going to crash into somebody? But let's say they're also just shouting at a bad guy or whatever the game might be. Am I bothered or are the children bothered? And I mean, your own threshold is, is legitimate. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've got to be functioning at a high level for these kids all day, Mm -hmm. but it's really important. I think to step back and go like, well, I'm flinching a little bit when they shout, but Oh, look, you know, sometimes nobody else in the classroom is even batting an eye. Sometimes they are. So I'll, I'll give you a story from my very first year of teaching, and it has to do with mm. this out of control. Uh-huh. I, I actually had the hardest class I ever had my very first year of teaching. <laughs> um, uh, you I got had, it out of the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, it was really hard. I, and I had one particular child who, who I would ask, you know, what do you want to be? He says, I want to be a grouch. <laughs> And I didn't. Yes. I had no idea what he was talking about because I hadn't watched Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. But he emulated Oscar the Grouch, and he tried to antagonize anybody and everybody. <laughs> We'd be on walks, and he'd say these most inappropriate things. So one day in my classroom, he had antagonized everybody in the classroom. And here I am, a first-year teacher, and I'm had this laissez-faire attitude they'll figure it out themselves mm-hmm. no that didn't happen so yeah. what what happened is every child in that room started chasing that child around the room uh-huh. and around the room and it was not much bigger than this room my very first room <laughs> and we're in a That's very small room, room. i mean this? maybe it was 10 by 10 feet <laughs> oh my goodness maybe 12 by 12 so feet they gave room. you a closet basically <laughs> kind of like your room <laughs> um and, and so I don't know how it how it stopped, but uh, what happened was the teacher next door came to me that day and said, something has to change in your classroom. And the, the director came to me, because it was so loud and so out of control. The director came to me and said, something has to change in your room, which was okay because I had made the decision that something had to change in my room. Right, right. <laughs> and that's when I started to have some rules very simple rules. And whenever it looked like somebody was going to get hurt, either themselves or somebody else or materials were going to be hurt, then I as a teacher would step in. So this would this would right. not happen again. Yeah. And it didn't, but it was like that that thing that you fear in your classroom, everything's out of control. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. And it was physical. Yeah. And yeah. I think that out of control fear is oh that's oh, they're going to get so big and I'm not going to be able to to get them yeah. back, right. and you exactly. know, maybe that's a, just a peg for another episode right. in the future. Is that how do you re, refocus, right. redirect? How do you channel that? Uh, well, and how much of your own ego? I think to a certain extent, how much of your own ego is involved in? Oh, I'll never really get them back to what I think is important. Yep. They're having a wonderful time. I mean, right. there's things right. we have to do. Don't misunderstand, you know. But yeah, they're having a wonderful time doing this thing that they think is awesome. And, oh, no, I need to get them back to the mm-hmm. thing that I think is, the, yeah. you know. So I think you have to be willing yeah. to let go of your ego well, a little bit, too. And and to step back, because I was thinking as we were sharing other stories here, that I was thinking back to the classroom with the Braveheart soundtrack and the battles. It started with that kind of half dozen, like maybe eight kids. Stepping back, looking at the other part of the room, there's a student teacher with a couple children at the art table. There's a couple in the sensory table playing dinosaurs. There's a couple that are over doing puzzles. So they were productive. Mm-hmm. It was this one of those kind of beautiful moments is, as a teacher where you can go, there's really great things happening throughout, and everybody's involved and excited to do what they want right. to do. Well, and another thing I'm thinking as you're talking is that, you know, kids are telling you what they need at these times, right? So if they're running and screaming, for example, then 
you could also look at that as what are, what are they telling me that they need right now? Yeah. They either need you to help them calm down or they have a lot of excitement that they need help focusing on something like the Braveheart with the soundtrack. Yeah. But I mean, so that it, you know, rather than just kind of what you were saying, Mike, like just saying no, well, they, they might need help focusing their play. They might need right. help working through to the next side, but their behavior is telling you something. Yeah. And if it's over, if it's constantly a certain way that is disruptive, then you've mm-hmm. got to stop. And again, also look at what they're telling you, not just, well, I will control, <laughs> I will break them. I will control <laughs> this. Um, yeah. I think it comes up again and again. So. Well, I was going to say like when at the beginning, when you were opening this up, I think yeah. it made me also think of what the teachers in Reggio kind of they're one of their kind of tenets or principles of is that nothing without joy right the children i mean the this battle i mean it it formed new friendships that people that were often kind of pitted against each other because their their interests are so different right are coming together in the back of this room children who are willing to kind of who are a little more quiet are stepping up in a a part of the battle and Mm -hmm. being the lookout and calling for when the bad guys are coming and well that it was all the various clans are uniting. Exactly. They are, it, I mean... Well, that same little boy you're thinking about, Joy, the same little boy who would come in and slide on his knees. Some point later in the year, he came to school, he just oh, ear-to-ear grin, ear-to-ear. He's pulling out his backpack, his baseball glove. Yeah. And he brought his baseball glove from home, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's neat. Like, I don't know, he's showing me, he's so proud. He goes out around the room with his baseball glove, and I'm not really paying a ton of attention, obviously. And at some point, I realize he's throwing a ball up in the air and catching with his glove, and he is just so ecstatic but we've got light fixtures you know and he's throwing mm-hmm. a ball i mean i really can't let him you know yeah. i mean i really can't oh and it was like the hardest thing to tell him you you know you have to stop because it was it was just yeah. pure joy i yeah. mean he wasn't right. trying to break my lights you no. know what i mean and i had to tell him he had to stop Save and i felt so bad because he just was so excited about this right. glove that yeah. he brought with him to school so yeah i think you have to figure out who but that's a good example. Who like gets the to light feel fixtures, joy. the light fixtures are a time when, because you're talking about, you know, why do we say no yeah. or when do we say no? And it's like, well, there are times. Yes. Yeah. But too often, if we're really honest with ourselves, because I think even when people say it's a licensing thing, <laughs> it, they don't know for sure. I bet most people who say that haven't read the licensing book. They just assume, oh, it must be a licensing thing, because licensing doesn't allow yeah. this or doesn't allow that. Right. It's or, like, licensing or, allows a lot of things. Yeah. Because like, that'd be like saying, well, a kid can't cry. Because that's loud, too. Right. Yeah. You know, so a kid being joyfully loud, um, there is nothing <laughs> that yeah. prevents you from doing that. Just like a kid who is crying and is loud, you know, that, that does happen. And we wouldn't try to prevent them from being loud. Um, yesterday I was at, doing a workshop and someone told me that they were in a center and heard somebody say, could you cry with an inside voice? No way. <laughs> and this was not the person doing it, but they were they were saying it like they were so appalled by it. And um, yeah. And they, but they also were looking for a way to say yes, and maybe that's what we need to right talk about. Right? Is um, that's the the flip side to it? Right. Somebody's mm-hmm. trying to acknowledge the child's feelings. <laughs> they were trying, mm-hmm. but yeah. So um, we we need to wrap up for the sake of time. But just I, you know, just trying to give people who might be listening a, a sense of you do actually have power even if you think that your center mm-hmm. doesn't allow certain things or you know it's just such an uphill battle and i can't do that like if you got to kind of start with yourself and what you are actually shutting down possibly not knowing it you know i mean you have to kind of really stop and look at what you're doing um and how you can be be more open not anything goes not tom's first classroom but no, no way <laughs> but <laughs> never somewhere again. in between that yeah. um is is is, is the way we can work. So anyway, thanks for uh, kicking that idea around with me today and talk to you guys next time. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, sure. Joe.
Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.